0: Hello, and welcome to an intro to Anthro with Two Humans. I'm human number one, John McRae. And I'm human number two, John Lear. And this is the podcast where we reassess what it means to be human. And the title of today's episode is, Who's Biting Who? Humans Lust for Vampires. Oh, so- yeah. <laughs> so, John, oh, yeah. This is one of your topics. You A few months ago, you were the one that sent me, uh, you said to me, what about vampires? <laughs> so, so I don't know. I uh, well, it's, it's just such a bizarre.
1: Uh, it's just been around forever. And yeah. What what the hell? Why do we why, why do we obsess with this with v- vampires sucking each other's
0: blood and such? <laughs> I don't know. What's right. going on? Have you always been into vampires or were you or well, did this just come up or I, I never do were you a goth were you into the goth no
1: no <laughs> never a goth uh but I like I like Dracula I like vampires yeah. I like monster movies uh and uh, yeah uh but not in a not in a huge way but yeah. listen if uh what do you call it what's the movie with the like boys, uh, what was that called? Lost, Lost boys. boys. Lost yeah. Boys. <laughs> Look, if it's
0: on, I'll watch a few minutes of it. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. You that know. was a good one.
1: That was a good I, one.
0: I actually, you know, I was into Bauhaus in college. and I was also into Baudelaire. So there's definitely some crossover <laughs> with the Goth. If you take Baudelaire and Bauhaus, you're gonna <laughs> you're gonna show up at some of the same events. You know what I mean with the Goth? Yeah. Yeah. And
1: I I loved uh, Interview with a Vampire. I I read that at one point. Did you read them all or did you? I don't know. I read a couple. I read a couple. They were great.
0: They were great. Uh, So again, you know, there's, you've mentioned already Lost Boys, but there's just thousands and thousands of vampire books, comics, uh, TV shows, (laughs) movies. It's unreal. Uh, Yeah. And it I'll keeps
1: happening. They're, they're still... Uh, I, I just saw yeah. in the trades that they're doing some vampire movie.
0: We need to do a vampire. Right? I know. <laughs> yeah, we do. You're right about that. You still got it. You still got it for a vampire. You could still... <laughs> uh, so I'm going to throw out a few and we could just discuss some of the... Uh, that where they've had vampires in movies. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. You have, uh, of course, Dracula with Bella Lugosi. Um. Christopher Lee? Who Christopher Lee's my favorite vamp- uh, Dracula, I think. Yes, that's right, Christopher Lee. Oh my yeah. god. He did them and in the wh- Hammer films for and wait,
1: for like- And wasn't he in uh um uh, Star Wars, Christopher Lee or am I thinking I'm thinking of somebody else? Oh, that's you know, Chris- uh, P-
0: Peter Cushing. Peter, Peter Cushing. <laughs> who always played Van Helsing. He always played the vampire he, hunter, you know. So Christopher yes, Lee, oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Frank Langella played Dracula. Uh, you know that was back in the eighties. You had George Hamilton in Love at First Bite. <laughs> oh my, that's a pretty, that's a pretty funny movie. There's some funny mo- moments in that movie. Uh, yeah, I think Leslie Nielsen played uh Dracula <laughs> in that Mel Brooks movie, uh, Dracula Dead and Loving It. I think it was never saw it, but it really- good, good. Uh, and then Gary Oldman who played yes. in, in the Francis Ford Coppola, uh, which version. was great.
1: That was a great yeah. one. Returns into rats,
0: yeah. That? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, and then you had uh, Nosferatu, which was the F.W. Murnau, uh, the German one. Which yes, that one's scary. Scary. That's a, <laughs> that's a scary one. Uh, apparently, that was a complete. He didn't get permission from uh, Bram Stoker's widow to do that <laughs> one. That's why he had. It's still the ba- <laughs> the Dracula, you know, story. But he had to change, he thought he was changing enough to where he wouldn't get in trouble for copyright. Wow. Yeah. Did he get sued? He did get sued. And they he was supposed to destroy every copy, but there was one copy in Japan (laughs) that didn't get destroyed. And that's what we get all the copies from. Like it's a brilliant film now. Yeah. It's it
1: is pretty great. It's so scary.
0: Oh yeah, that max the slowness. Wreck. Oh my god, oh.
1: it's so spooky.
0: <laughs> it's like it's completely just like I'm going to try to rip it. It's like, of course, she found out about it. You know god. what I mean?
1: Well, it's uh, going to be public domain now, though, right? Or is it still? Yeah. Uh, yeah i think be. it's probably all right so now, it's time but... for us to jump in the pool <laughs> get
0: there get on your your fangs and we'll give you a cloak and... i can use uh, my
1: caveman teeth and we can just like uh augment them yeah. i've still got them
0: you still have a tux right we could put you in tux i got an and... old tux hell yeah
1: yeah we're done we're
0: ready to go <laughs> We'd start production next week. So get ready. Uh, then you had the, all the vampire movies from the 50s, which, you know, and you even had Abbott and Costello meet. I saw that one. Yep. <laughs> and then you had, remember the Italian giallo. The Italians kind of took it like really, really sexy. They were kind of almost like yeah. softcore vampire movies. Yeah, of course. Um, you had Blackula in the 70s, which was right. a black vampire. Uh, yes. Uh, the Hunger with Catherine Deneuve and Ooh. David Bowie and Ooh. Susan Sarandon. Yeah, that was, that was a... <laughs> yeah, very sexy. Yeah, sexy. I love that one because remember the whole story that uh, uh, spoiler alert if you haven't seen it, but remember has, uh, Catherine Deneuve as the head vampire gives people eternal life, but she doesn't give them eternal youth. And that's what right. the story is. So it's a right. tragic, tragic thing. Oh. like, they don't just keep getting
1: older and older and older.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Lost Boys, like you mentioned, True Blood, Twilight, uh, Fright Night. Remember Fright, Fright Night? Night? <laughs> Good one. And yeah, and also
1: a... some really scary mo- uh, moments. Like yeah. when his girlfriend turns into one, and she gets that big
0: <laughs> grin or whatever. Yeah. That's oh. Like, oh my god, that.
1: Oh, that's awful.
0: Yeah, yeah. I Forgot about that. Uh, Salem's Lot. Remember when David Soul was in that? I think. Oh he my played god, the guy. Salem.
1: <laughs> David Soul.
0: Yep. And, uh, and then we get to like now what we do in the shadows, the series. Yes. Well, wait yeah. a minute. You forgot Near Dark. That Near one. Dark. That, uh, oh, that's a
1: good one. <laughs> With that kid in it. That kid's in it. And he's really, oh, to- oh my God. If you haven't seen Near Dark, I highly recommend it. Okay. Yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll
0: check that one. That They're was just awesome. All- all-
1: go ahead that was yeah they're in texas and they you know it's uh and they have to put they have to hurry back to the motel to put up uh duct tape all the windows so that they oh, don't, no sun destroys and it's great <laughs> it's great, it's great. It's yeah like i was white, just
0: white trash vampires oh that's great mm-hmm. i and, you know those were all just ones off the top of my head i didn't even google or anything <laughs> oh, that's, that's amazing, amazing. trying yeah. to make a um, what I love about what we do in the shadows is they've added the energy vampire to yeah. to the vampire canon. You know, they have Colin Robinson who <laughs> just looks like a normal guy, but he Nobody just sucks so all the
1: yeah. energy. That's so great. That show <laughs> is so wonderful. Yeah, uh, it's yeah. just wonderful.
0: So, yeah, we should, I I was going to mention, if people think of other good vampires, go ahead and send those in to us on our Facebook page and we'll post those Yes, please do.
1: Please do. We need to get a good list.
0: (laughs) Exhaustive. (laughs) Exhaustive. Uh, And and then, you know, as I was thinking about um, vampires when, you know, when I was putting this one together, I was thinking, you know, usually in... In the stories themselves, it's vampires who lust after humans, who are, they're like, they want humans, they want to consume humans' life. But really, looking at the number of stories over the last 500 years, it's like humans are the ones that are, <laughs> humans are lusting after vampires. Right. You know, they're, right. They just find them, they're
1: so sexy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, uh... And so there's something that appeals to us, but just so we know what we're talking about when we say vampire, uh, in in her article, A History of the Word Vampire, Katerina Wilson mentions an article in a, or a, a, a novel, not a novel, it was a book, in 1810 called Travels of Three English Gentlemen from Venice to Hamburg. Mm. And, and what they said in 1810 was, Vampires are supposed to be the bodies of deceased persons and animated by evil spirits, which come out of the graves in the nighttime, suck the blood of many of the living, and thereby destroy them. Oh. <laughs> so that was just three guys. Oh. On the that was like a travel log back in the oh. 1810. <laughs> oh. <laughs> they then say uh, those who are destroyed by them after their death become vampires so that to prevent so spreading an evil it is found requisite to drive a stake through the dead body from whence on this occasion the blood flows as if the person was alive oh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah so if uh, i turn into a vampire i need you to sh- drive a stake oh, really? through my heart okay listen you i'm not taking any ch- it. I'm not taking any chances <laughs> i swear <laughs> i won't bite you just <laughs> you're
0: like I'm not a vampire yet. <laughs> Just to be sure, I like to be a little proactive. I like to be proactive. Uh so anyway, vampires are people who are undead, and and apparently Bram Stoker was the guy who came up with the term undead. <laughs> so the first... I got you. Got to give it to Bram. I mean, that's yeah. a gr- he. He really came up
1: with a great story there.
0: Yeah yeah he he borrowed a lot as we'll see he borrowed a lot from other other vampire stories but he really compiled it all together he he compiled it all in a really nice way yeah (laughs) and uh you know i always thought that the word undead would have been around forever forever that seems like an ancient word yeah you know what i mean yeah um apparently yeah like voodoo or it it, it would be somewhere I mean, you just put Un in front of Dad. Yeah, how hard is it? (laughs)
1: Apparently Uncola. But Seven Up, when they came up with the Uncola, that was a good, that was really good. So, you know, it's like um, contemporary art. You see a painting that's all white. You're like, I could have done that.
0: Yeah, Yeah, but you didn't.
1: You didn't.
0: (laughs) Until Bram uh, did it. We should should label ourselves the Un-podcast. (gasps) <gasps> that's see what genius happens. yes that's a great idea yeah, put that down. i love let's that. see if anybody else has done that okay you got he it he also came up the, with the word nosferatu which they say really it that sounds like such a great word nosferatu and and he came and up with that they have no there's no etymology for the word nosferatu that they You're could kidding track down me and- <laughs> no,
1: he's- bram
0: yeah. Just sitting like, around.
1: No, that's No. Nosferatu. Nos, 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 Wait a second. I'm on to something.
0: He just goes to work like saying it over and over again. He can't stop saying it
1: at that Nos
0: point. Nosferatu. Nosferatu. He's for Singing it. Nosferatu. Yeah, <laughs> Nosferatu, <laughs> Nosferatu. <laughs> um, yeah. So he they think maybe They can't find out where he got it from. Wow. Interesting. Uh, And in his book, uh, Vampire Forensics, Uncovering the Origins of the Enduring Legend, Mark Jenkins uh, quotes a folklorist by the name of Michael Bell who said, What better food for the imagination than a creature that incorporates sex, blood, violence, shape-shifting, superhuman power, and eternal life?
1: Yeah. It's a
0: great (laughs) superhero. He's the worst kind. Yeah, yeah. And and I think that there's, you know, when it comes down to it, I think that's why we, we're all a little jealous of the vampire. Hell you yeah. Know.
1: <laughs> and and it, it's that wonderful, because, you know, everlasting life is, is something that I, you know, is just, you know, because we're so afraid of death. And yeah. and to hear and to see a story that shows that that's not as great as it is, right. that it has right. its pluses and minuses, I think is is us sort of exploring our own mortality, you know? Yeah.
0: Yeah. But it always seems like, don't you think that like, we're jealous that the vampire, he, he always gets, or she always gets all the girls. Always. They're they're always, they, they're the sexiest ones in the room. Yeah. They, they have lots of money as, as if, you know, I don't know if you live a long time, you, you could save money or something. Yeah. Easy, easy. (laughs) You got to hit a few things
1: right over, you know, the past few centuries. And, and you just got to hang on to it. It's like Interview with a Vampire. <laughs> you just hang on to stuff and then it turns into antiques and you sell that. <laughs>
0: oh, that's that's brilliant. I never even <laughs> thought of it that way. But, you know, you never see like a vampire like like having a, a job at a fast food restaurant. No. <laughs> you never mm-hmm. see like doing mm-hmm. taxes at H&R Block or, no. you know, during tax season or something. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> but in some of the modern retellings, they've got to pretend like they have a job. Yeah. Like in oh, Lost really? Boys. He works at the... Uh, where does the 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 head oh, vampire, yeah. the older yeah, one? Yeah. He works at a at like a little souvenir shop, I think.
0: Yeah, or something, something like that. Like <laughs> yeah, I have to watch that one again. I w- I watched uh, Coppola's Dracula last night to get ready oh, for this. Well, how was it? Does it stand up? It's it still holds up, and and I'll talk about it later. But I always. You know, people used to give it a hard time for like Keanu Reeves and Mm. for uh, Winona Ryder their their performances, but I think Coppola got the campiness of the whole thing. To me, when I read the novel, it was very campy, right? Right. You know. Yeah. And and I think it's it's not trying to be a realistic story. Like just the production, everything. It's just trying to be like a fun Dracula movie. And to me, that's what. He captured getting, you know, those two as Jonathan Harker and Mina Murray of just have fun with it. Of course, they don't sound like they're English. It doesn't matter. You it know? doesn't matter. Yeah, it's yeah. like a, a play that you're seeing in a. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and so anyway, uh, yeah, you mentioned already the, the fact that they never grow old, yeah, you know, vampires, which means you never experience any of the embarrassing things about growing old. Yep, <laughs> you never. Yep. Lo- lose their hair or they never
1: You can you wear know. boxers forever. <laughs> you never have to shift to tidy whities.
0: You know? And they shift back or whatever. Yeah. Uh and and you know I myself have always seen vampires in two ways. And and the first way I see them is they're like the guys who graduate from high school and then still hang out around high school. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know what i mean it's like they don't move on they don't move on they're just yeah. hanging out yeah um what was it it was that's matthew great. mcconaughey in oh, uh all right all right all right <laughs> yeah dazed and confused remember oh. he's like oh right. high school girls they all stay that i get older they all stay the same age so, um
1: that's a great character
0: yeah but that's how i see them. like that's one way i see him of like being uh like okay (laughs) you've had your time you know of course you know everything you've been around yeah you know uh and the second way i see them are like the guys in college who had a lot of money who (laughs) who always were popular could take girls out on lots of dates could go on spring break uh were good looking um you know they just had everything that's yeah. kind of how i see vampires as well yeah that's true they're yeah they're
1: kind of they're kind of the dicks really of the monsters you know they've got everything going their way yeah and yet they yeah. always seem to get uh they always it never ends well the well, vampire th- always gets his but that's just the fantasy you think of the nerds
0: well they we get what to finally thinking. kill the yeah, <laughs> yeah the, the yeah. untouchable that's interesting I- I, and, and then that way, I was thinking about it. It's like, it's all the same story, whether it's uh, Dracula or Revenge of the Nerds. <laughs> it's all the same. <laughs> it's, it's, all, it's all the same. We all love, as a nerd, you love to see the cool guy get it. You know what I mean? Yes, get-
1: but in the end, in the end, but in real life, it doesn't work that way.
0: <laughs> no, that's why it's and a they, fantasy. They, that's why in we real love life, the movie. They
1: just, they just squash <laughs> us like bugs.
0: Yeah, and they get more more money and get wealthier and get better looking as they get older. God damn uh, it. And so anyway, you mentioned it as well, like uh, Mark Jenkins, uh, in his book, he also quotes Peter Nichols, who wrote the Encyclopedia of Science Fiction. And Nichols says that it's better to be a vampire than a werewolf or a zombie. Hell yes. <laughs> what, we're yeah. supposed to like applaud that? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, Nichols. He then goes on. He says vampires are aristocratic. Yes, and in the, and in the iconography of horror, the vampire stands for sex. Yes, and I would agree. I would agree. Yes, on that. yes. I, you know, can you think of any like sexy zombies?
1: <laughs> no, of course not. Uh, but you could do. I mean, I mean, the only thing I can think of. But she's kind of a vampire succubus. Uh, yeah, that's she's a vampire, right? But she right, uses right. sex. To drain you or something? I don't know what the yeah. story is behind succubus.
0: Yeah, when you, which when you're sleeping, she'll show up. Yes, like, you know what I mean. And, so. and you, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> that doesn't sound like a like a zombie just kind of stumbling around, you know, trying yeah, to no, get it. it. Yeah, losing his arm. Mm-mm. Yeah, no. Like looking out like, like when you're barricaded in some place, you look out and you're like, hey, that's a pretty good looking zombie. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't think you're No. Uh, no. Uh, But anyway, Nichols goes on. He says the werewolf stands for instability and lack of self-control. Yes. You never know when you're going to. I mean, you do
1: because it's the moon. But it just, it's, yeah, it's not within your, it's going to happen whether you
0: like it or not. Right. And you don't know what you're going to do when that happens. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, you're going to rip your clothes off. You know that. <laughs> <Yeah>. Probably <laughs> make, make duties in the kitchen or something. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's going to be bad. It's not going to
1: end well. <laughs> yeah, I I always, thought, I always thought being a werewolf is like being an alcoholic. You know, you just, you never know when it's going to just yeah. take you away. <laughs> oh God, you wake up on a bender.
0: You wake up naked out in the park and you can't remember how you got there. Hey,
1: I woke woke up on people's front lawns. (laughs) Maybe you're a werewolf. Maybe you're not a vampire. Maybe you're a werewolf. No, I'm definitely a werewolf. (laughs) I wish I were a vampire.
0: Uh, And so, uh, just to finish up, so Nichols says that the vampire is aristocratic, the werewolf is middle class, and the zombie, mindlessly stumbling around and rotting, is working class god (laughs) damn it the zombie is the exploited worker of the uh, horror
1: world oh i've had jobs where getting up early and going to do a (laughs) mindless job where you're just a zombie yeah you're just going in
0: oh yeah just stumbling around yeah oh my god uh but anyway, so then we go on to, well, where did this obsession with vampires come from? And I, I think I mentioned already about the, the word Nosferatu, but we don't really even know where the word vampire actually came from. Wow. It's and, all mysterious, just <laughs> like the story. Right, exactly. And Katerina Wilson, again, uh, in her article, she says that some people think the word could come from Turkish some people think it comes from Greek, some from Hebrew, or some from Hungarian. And some people say that it comes from a, a Slavic word word or words like upior, uper, upir, which are all derivatives of the Turkish word uber, which means witch. Huh. Yeah. Wow. And then other people think it may come from the Greek word p, pi, which we- means to, to drink. Oh, but <clears> hey, that don't misunderstand. Never drink <laughs> your pee. No, 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 no. Actually, but if if you have you imagine- to. If that was the type of vampire, if that's what Ooh. they would try it'd be, like, it'd be, <laughs> it'd be like, like fine. Here, take it away. Uh, it'd be kind of embarrassing. You gotta yeah, kind of feel be, sorry uh, for them at that point. Uh, get out of my house! You disgusting
1: <laughs> urine breath.
0: Ooh. There's a vampire in the bathroom. You don't go oh, in there. Either.
1: God you see him with his head down in the toilet <laughs> looking up caught like a dog you know when yeah, you catch a yeah. dog in there oh, oh,
0: oh get out of there get out here of there. get out get out vampire <laughs> here's a mason jar go shake the can shake the can in. <laughs> uh and then they uh wilson also notes that in hungary and transylvania the so- supposed homeland of vampires mm. the term vampire exists only as a neologism which is like a recently coined word interesting and was and was never as popular as it is in the West. And in Hungarian, the word vamp- vampire first appeared in
1: 1786.
0: Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And those so Hungarians
1: were all... Uh, weren't they... Uh, that, that's when they were... They had... Un- Hungarians were with the Austrian Empire. Right. right? Weren't they right. the soldiers for the Austrian Empire?
0: Yeah. Huh. Yeah. That's so it's it started like to even, kick up. They were getting the word from the West. And we were... It's probably just because we... Were you know attributing these vampire stories to the Austrian or Central Central Europe or Eastern Europe?
1: But wasn't Count Dracula a real person? I'm sure you're going to get to this.
0: Well, I I mean, he was uh, Vlad the Impaler was a real person, and uh, he did live in Wallachia and in Transylvania in the 1400s, and he did impale a lot of people. But, you know, Bram Stoker just was grabbing, apparently, it, it, originally when he had written the, the first drafts of the story, uh, it's not in Transylvania. And oh, really? He, yeah, he found a, a guidebook by a woman who had written a, a guidebook about uh, traveling in the Austrian-Hungarian Empire and had men- mentioned Transylvania being um, a very superstitious place. And so then he changed it to Transylvania. He's a genius.
1: (laughs) I know. I know. He's a genius. Man. It all came together
0: on this book. uh, Yeah. And what's great about him, you know, he was friends with uh, uh, Oscar Wilde. Really? Yeah. And he was, uh, Bram Stoker was married to Oscar Wilde's childhood sweetheart. Uh, a Oscar woman named Oscar Wilde sounds like a fun guy to be around, man. <laughs> I, I know. I know. <laughs> I'd hang out. I'd be wanting to hang out with him too. And that's why I always thought when I read the book, Dracula, I was like, he's he's having fun. You yes. know what I mean? He's like joking around with it. He's poking to it. its satire. It's not meant to be real. That's um, so
1: great. I wonder if Oscar Wilde, you know, pitched him a couple of things. Hey, you know what you <laughs>
0: should have him do. Yeah, yeah. And you know, the, the other thing, Bram Stoker managed the theater. So he had a theater background mm. and he wrote the books to make a little extra money. But again, it shows you that he knew he was coming at it from a theater guy, knowing that you have to put something in there that people are going to love yes. and, and want to see and want to read. It's all about the audience. You know yes. I
1: mean? No wonder it's such a hit on movies, mm. you know? it's Yeah.
0: Just, okay.
1: Wow. This is really interesting. I thought for <laughs> sure that this uh, this was a deeper... It's not that new. I mean, it's not that old.
0: Yeah. I mean, as far as what we consider, like, the guy in the nice suit who goes around, uh, you know, coming to people when they're sleeping at night, that's all relatively from the 1700s on. Wow. Um, but Violet Finn, Violet Finn, in her book, A History of the Vampire in Popular Culture... She says this idea of bloodsuckers has been around for, you know, millennia, basically. Yeah, yeah. And, in, and in Greek mythology, you had Lamia, L-A-M-I-A, who was having an affair with Zeus. And when Zeus's wife Hera found out about it, she killed all of Lamia's children. Oh, And, and so then Lamia got revenge by then sucking out the blood of all human children. Jeez. <laughs>
1: oh, Jesus! Why? Why did the? You yeah. know, because they were Zeus's children, and it, it was a way to get yeah, back at Zeus. Yeah. Just okay,
0: like, uh, uh, you, 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 Get me! I'm going to get you. <laughs> Why <laughs> the
1: sucking the blood? It's just yeah. so. Oh my yeah.
0: god! Uh, Hera also apparently made it to where Lamia couldn't uh, couldn't sleep at night, Ooh. and so what Zeus did was uh, for the insomnia, he made it to where Lamia could take out her eyeballs. Before <laughs> they're just sleep, yeah. Oh my god. Shit. What she'd like put them in a drawer or something? So that they <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: or he it's took like... them out forever. Or she could no, she put no. them back in? She could put them back in, yeah. Jesus. Could... Ooh, you don't want to lose one. <laughs> you gotta have, you know what I mean?
0: Put them in that put them where you put your keys, right they? in the where dish Where are they? <laughs> uh and then Finn also talks about the Jewish book Sefer Hasidim from the 13th century. That tells the story of an old female vampire named Austria, A S T R Y I A H, who supposedly sucks the victim's blood through her hair. Through her hair? <laughs> yeah, that's what. Nobody ever explains that. She does what?
1: So yeah. She just
0: like hey. she just yeah, rubs like, her uh, head on people. Yeah. It feels it feels good at first and you know you're kind of like, yeah. it's romantic and then you know next thing you know you're like like can't get up off the couch. Yeah. It's oh, so <laughs> weird. Uh, and and Finn notes that a lot of these really old vampire stories, of course, have to do with women killing babies and children. Yes. So so you could see like who's being set up. As the villain and all of these, and, stories. And, and Jews,
1: there's the you know the, the yeah. drinking of the 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 blood libel. Oh yeah, is, that's uh, right. The, a, a great way to be an anti semite, a great anti semitic story that's been yeah. uh, passed for yeah,
0: yeah. Mm. Um, but anyway, but yeah, Jews and and women, and especially when it comes to women, it's uh, uncontrolled sexuality. Oh. If women's sexuality is what is. Um, seen as what's bad if you have uncontrolled sexuality or, or overt sexuality for women that's going to bring a, a vampire around <laughs> scary, scary as hell i know i guess I know. yeah uh, but what's interesting there's also and it doesn't even matter because it could be controlled sexuality. or it's just women's sexuality really because uh there was a 1748 poem by the german writer heinrich ossenfelder called der Vampire." And, mm. and in this one, Von I mean, uh, Hassen, Hassenfelder, he, it, the poem is told from the, the point of view of a guy who's been spurned by a lover. Like he's huh. trying to chatter up. He's trying to like seduce her. And she is saying, no, my mother says I shouldn't do it. I, you know, I'm not interested. I'm not interested. And he's mad because she, she is not openly sexual. And, and what he says is he's going to come to her like a vampire. And get his revenge mm. on her. So mm. he says, and as softly thou art sleeping to thee shall I come creeping, and thy life's blood drain away, and so shalt thou be trembling for thus shall I be kissing, and death's threshold thou would be crossing. So, yeah, so Ooh. yeah, yeah, so it's it's an awful story, not only. Because it, it's like a guy who's been spurning. It's like, man, just move on. You know, she's yeah, not into, he's She's not.
1: He's like a stalker. He's he's right. gonna. Yeah, he's a.
0: Oh Jesus. But but again, offender. it's like, yeah, that's where he, a woman who's not sexually open, right? Or or you know, you know, yeah, but
1: women they can't be too much or
0: too <clears> little. Right. You always got you know. Yeah, you can't. Somebody's win. always upset. <laughs> yeah. And then in 1810, Lord Byron wrote a poem called The Jower, uh, and it tells a story of a woman in Turkey who falls in love with an infidel, who I I guess jower is a Turkish word for an infidel. And anyway, the woman is murdered by her master for falling in love with the infidel, and the infidel murders the master. But then the the jower, the infidel, he's punished by becoming a, a, a vampire. And he feeds off his own family members.
1: Oh!
0: Yeah, and the poem says, But first on earth as vampires sent, Thy course shall from its w- tomb be rent. Then ghastly haunt thy native place And suck the blood of all thy race. Jesus. So, so, so again, it's like women's actions, whether it be too openly sexual or like not openly sexual, it's going to create a vampire. Jesus. <laughs> gonna, that's the one thing that's... Uh, that's the content in all these stories. They just suck the life right out of you. Yeah,
1: but but it's so funny that it shifted to our vampire, the vampire that is is al- almost is always a man. Like it's a real deviation.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah. There's been a few female vampires. When when we start getting into like our our modern idea of a vampire, they trace that back to John Polidori, who he wrote a, a book called The Vampire. In 1819. Okay, I thought you were talking about the bass player for Led Zeppelin (laughs) for a minute. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh, Polidori, he was actually Lord Byron's doctor, and he went along with like Byron and Mary Shelley and Percy Shelley and Claire Claremont. They all went down to uh, Switzerland, Uh, I think it was in 1816. And they all stayed in a villa and, and they had a content. If you don't want to read the history of it, there's the, the movie Gothic uh, by Ooh. Ken Russell. And it tells the story of when they were all there at that villa in uh, Switzerland. Were they just partying hard and talking about yeah. dark stuff? <laughs> yeah, it's. Well, the movie has Gabriel Byrne, Julian Sands, who recently passed away, uh-huh. uh, Natasha Richardson, and Timothy Spall plays John Polidori. And I'm a huge Timothy Spall fan. Yes. Um, if, but if, he got
1: the, the he got gypped on the you know on the roll. I mean the, you know, you you got all those famous people and then you got yeah. him John Paul. Who?
0: Yeah, Polidori, Polidori, Polidori. Paul, Adore. <laughs> yeah. Paul, yeah. Paul yeah. Oh, he's out getting the beer. He'll be back. Yeah, yeah. That's just kind of <laughs> like how he was. He was just kind of like the guy hanging around hanging around at the party, you know, all uh, the Byron, those Byron, Byron's like,
1: Hey man, John.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm out of smokes. I'm out yeah. of smokes. Would you, Would you mind? Uh, but anyway, during that trip, apparently they had a contest that they were trying to see who could write a ghost story or a gothic story. Oh. And Mary Shelley's story that she came up with on that trip, of course, became Frankenstein. Oh, man. And John Polidori also wrote a story about a vampire called The Vampire. And and his was published in 1819 and became really popular as well. Wow. So, so John, yeah.
1: John Polidori came through. He got some, he got a little bit, of, a little taste.
0: Right. And uh, apparently he took a fragment of a, a story that Byron had already started and Byron had thrown it away. And Polidori took that. Oh <laughs> as, God. As, as the basis for his story. There you, you go. Polidori's <laughs>
1: cleaning up and he's like, hey, Byron, <laughs> hey, Byron do you mind yeah. if I take that? No, go ahead. I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. Take it.
0: apparently and apparently, when it was published, the publisher even put a story by Lord Byron to try no! to sell more. <laughs> well, that's so. good. I mean, Byron does deserve story by on that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But apparently, Byron was was furious, he, and so that led to like oh. their friendship broke up after that. Oh. Because of, yeah,
1: because he was leeching off of Byron's uh, fame. Yeah,
0: yeah. Damn. It's like hollow notes, Oates, notes. Yeah. guess. <laughs> <laughs> like, it still happens. The- God, you're
1: right. The Oldest story ever t- ever told. Yeah. Yeah. Kane.
0: Oh, let's mm-hmm. hope we don't do that. Let's hope mm-hmm. we don't.
1: I hope we don't. Turn. It's the only thing that's either yeah. we're gonna die or we're gonna turn on each other. <laughs>
0: let's and just those keep the this only, thing those going. Those are our
1: only options.
0: <laughs> we. Uh, I'm kind of hoping our last our last episode is when we both like okay that's it. Yeah. Turn off the machines. We're done. We're yeah, done. <laughs> and then we just stop and die.
1: I would yeah. love yeah. that.
0: Yeah, God, together that would
1: together. that would really make the podcast yeah. jump in in the, viewership. The unpodcast jumping, right? <laughs> yeah. The unpodcast, the
0: unpodcast. Ah, <sighs> uh, but anyway, Polidori's book tells the story of a guy named Aubrey who becomes friends with a Lord Rathven, which hmm. sounds like very fiddly vague to Polidori yeah. and, and Lord Byron. You know, it sure does. Maybe and, Byron wasn't just upset about his name <laughs> being on the book. He wait a minute this dickhead you're you're doing me no, no 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 of course not it's lord Rathven. it doesn't even sound like you
1: yeah but we both um, have lords, oh, we're
0: <laughs> lords. Well, that's where it stops that's yeah. the one similarity there's lots of lords out there lord mm-hmm. tennyson you don't know, see is he upset about it no <laughs> have nobody's upset about it. okay uh but anyway this story tells uh Aubrey meets Lord Rathven, and and they travel together through Europe. And through their travels, again sounding a lot like Polidori and Byron, uh, Aubrey realizes that Lord Rathven is is a vampire. Oh, <laughs> she, no wonder! You make me yeah. look like an
1: asshole. This wasn't the scrap of paper that I wrote. Yeah, well, yeah. i just, I turned it a little bit, you know. <laughs> You still may want me to go out and get your
0: smokes. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yes, I went out. <laughs> it's like a four-day ride to get smokes, you know. It's like, while I was there, I was worked on this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and people say that Polidori's book is the first one to try to put a vampire into one continuous, coherent narrative. Wow, which I think that's
1: interesting. Okay, that's interesting.
0: And then Finn also talks about in the 1840s there was a serial uh, story in the newspapers in in London called Varney the Vampire, or what? the Feast of Blood. Ooh, well that's much yeah. better. I would have led with the second title, the subtitle, because <laughs> yeah, Varney the Vampire.
1: <laughs> Jesus, it's like a
0: cartoon or something. Who was like Jim Varney? Wasn't there Jim Varney? Was a guy who played like Earl or somebody, or he played like some. Uh, he went to camp. What was he? Remember, he had like he was like a a, a redneck guy, Jim Varney, oh, yes. played the character.
1: Yes. Um. Um. Hey, Vern. What do you mean, Vern? Oh, yeah, yeah. That yeah, guy, yeah. Ernest. <laughs> Ernest. Ernest. Ernest.
0: Ernest goes Ernest. to camp. Yeah. Oh my God. That's all I, can... I could th- think about when I was thinking. Uh, Varney the vampire was having that guy, Jim Varney. Hey, <laughs> what, what you talking about, Earl?
1: That guy yeah. was a genius, though. That Ernest oh. guy. Jesus. Oh, yeah. He took that yeah.
0: character and wrung every drop out of it. Yeah. Damn. So easy. Like, once you get it, it's all so perfectly formed, you could just go in and do it in your sleep. You know yep. what I mean? Not a dummy. He just banged <laughs> it out. Uh, but Vin, Finn says that, you know, the Varney, the vampire from that series gave us a lot of the things that we see... As bam, in vampire stories now. For example, hmm. Varney was the first one that had sharpened fang like teeth. Yeah. Um, and Varney we were- actually, what became interesting with Varney is Varney over the course of the series became sympathetic. Like Ooh, human. He was three dimensional.
1: Yeah. Right,
0: right. I never
1: understood the fangs. Were the fangs supposed to like, were you sucking the blood through the fangs <laughs> or the fangs just poked holes so that then you could suck yeah. the blood out of the holes
0: that you poked with the fangs. That's a good See what question. I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think, you, I don't think they're like straws. I don't think, cause where would it no. go? You, <laughs> <laughs> I obviously haven't thought that through. Yeah. Yeah. Like a couple of juice box. It's like a juice box. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> just. <laughs> <exactly>. <laughs> just. Yeah, you just look at that neck like mm, mm, I can't But you wait. always I'm...
1: see the fangs going in there, but they never yeah. they're never like sucking. Like,
0: yeah. You know what I mean? I think that's what it is. That's the only thing you could do, right? You'd have to How like, do you puncture know? it. To... The only way somebody would know as much as you know <laughs> is
1: if they're a vampire. Wow. Yeah. You son of a bitch.
0: Into podcast. Into un- <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Disgusting. <laughs> uh, listen, if, if I was a vampire, I wouldn't be doing this thing. <laughs> yeah, you got that right. Okay. Yeah, I'd be somewhere else. You're off the hook. <laughs> it's circumstantial evidence, but even yeah, still. You, you got me there. Yeah. Uh, in 1872, there was an Irish writer named Sheridan Le Fanu, Oh, boy. Who wrote, who wrote a book called Carmilla, which was the mm. first lesbian vampire. Whoa! In 1872, Whoa. yeah. Whoa! So I'm sure it's just
1: loaded with, you know, it's just anti-homosexual, right? It's like painting the the lesbian as a an evil creature. Is that?
0: Yeah, I purchased. I didn't have a chance to read it. I haven't. Okay. I got it on on my uh, my Kindle, Kim- but but it's they've made it into a movie in 2019. But apparently it, it, it's a woman, a young woman who a strange woman comes to her house named Carmilla and Carmilla is just very interested in her. And there's all these allusions to uh, lesbianism of like, huh. yeah, but I'll have to watch it, it, who's and in the movie. Happened. I don't know. It was English movie. I don't remember it over here. I actually had yeah. to search to see if Carmilla had ever been made into a movie. Wow. Um, no, never but seen the, it. But <laughs> what was interesting, uh, apparently, reading about it is uh, as they put together that this Carmilla is a vampire, they've come up, they realize other stories where um, they've other stories where a woman with a name that's an anagram of Carmilla oh. <laughs> has been like. For like years having, and years, yeah, yeah, oh, so I thought that was kind of interesting. Spooky. I like that she yeah, just changes like, her name, Markilla. like they they like oh, there was a oh. woman named Markilla back you know a hundred years ago who was yeah,
1: oh, that's good, I like
0: that, yeah, and then we get to Bram Stoker's Dracula, which was actually written in eighteen ninety seven and we've talked about it already that uh he worked at a theater, and it's it's told in an epistolary style. So I'm not sure if you've ever read it, but it's all told through letters and journals and things like that. Oh, I didn't know that. That's interesting. Yeah. Oh, that's what's, cool. What's, what's great is that you really get a sense of the character. Again, he's like writing dialogue. You know what I mean? He's like a yes. theater guy. Yeah. So he's he's put it into, I'm going to tell it just through, through what they're saying. It's not going to be through... Uh, through description of the. the yeah, you know, show rather everything. than tell. Just show the the inside of the brain.
1: Yeah, it's perfect right. for a theater.
0: Oh, yeah. It's perfect.
1: Yeah. You get and, two uh... tables on either side, split stage.
0: <laughs> yeah, Boom. <it's... laughs> it, it, you got the perfect main character to drive it. You know, yep. it's like, it's really. Uh, and of course, we all know the story in it. Jonathan Harker is sent to Transylvania to fill out some paperwork for old Count Dracula, mm. who uh, who wants to move to London. And mm-hmm. as soon as Harker arrives at Dracula's castle, he begins to notice how weird the old count is.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: And, and then uh, Harker is seduced by three female vampires. Remember that? Right. That's, that's in the
1: movie. Yeah, that's in yeah, the movie. Yeah. yeah.
0: And, and of course, you're like, as you watch it, I'm like, of course, this stodgy English guy is going to be seduced by these three sexy vampires. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but like, in the it's book- It's
1: like the colonists, we're the, the, the Americans, we're the sexy vampires. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> and, and, but in the book, he keeps whining about how horrible it is. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, oh, oh, I can't believe they've taken- yeah. uh, but then the Harker is taken prisoner by the Count. And you know, they they the, those three sexy vampires just kind of suck his blood enough. But they don't turn him up, into
1: a he doesn't right. turn into a vampire, right? They're just feeding right. off of him.
0: And uh, and then the count moves to England where he tries to seduce Harker's fiance, Mina, and her friend Lucy Westenra. And uh what's interesting is Lucy Westernra is kind of an open open sexually. Like she she like flirts with a bunch of guys. Uh, she's very uh, sexual. She wants to like have sex. She uh, talks about sex, and of course, she's seen the, as like the person who immediately gets yeah, attacked by the vampire. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean, yeah, um, low hanging fruit. Yeah, yeah. And then Harker, you know, he escapes and makes it back to England, and then he—that's where he meets up with Van Helsing, who's there trying to track down Dracula. Oh, and, Van Helsing. Yeah. Yeah, great character. Great Um, character. Book and and movies on him. I know. Van Van Helsing the um,
1: (laughs) Vampire Hunter
0: yeah everybody yeah. got
1: a spinoff everybody <laughs> yeah. everybody got a bite of the apple
0: yeah even renfield remember renfield is yes. uh is yes. Dracula's helper who just like in the book it just stays in a, a cell the whole time even he's got a movie now he's got they yeah. just came out with a, a renfield movie because <laughs> so. he would just eat rats right uh, yeah or something yeah. like that in, in the couple one he's eating bugs he kind of like, he's like Ooh. steampunk almost remember he's got yes. like this crazy gl- metal glove on and he's <laughs> eating bugs and- Ooh.
1: Yeah. forgot um, about that
0: <laughs> but but yeah you're right everybody got everybody got their own film out of this out Damn of the it. franchise yeah um it's like when you get on a hit tv
1: show you're good to go once you hit season 7 it's like forget <clears throat> about
0: it yeah you don't have to do anything else the rest of nope.
1: your life. Uh uh-uh. uh. You know. Yep. In
0: fact, people don't want you to do anything else. Yeah, <laughs> well that's the downside. <laughs> <laughs> they just want you like a vampire, a- <laughs> you're trapped. Yeah. Guess what? You
1: live forever, but you have to suck <laughs> on people's blood. <laughs> yeah. A lot of, a lot of yeah. sitcom former sitcom stars can relate to that.
0: Yeah, yeah. You, you, they don't want you to come out in public. They don't want you Mm-mm. to perform anything out. It's never nope. as good as what you did before.
1: Yep. So. You just stay home and suck <laughs> on the teeth.
0: <teat. laughs> yeah. Uh, but anyway, over the years, people, as we've talked about, people have made a lot about the sexual symbolism in the Dracula book yeah. and in the movies. Yeah. And, and actually all, as we've mentioned before, it seems like all vampire movies have sex at the basis of, of the movie. Yes. Um, and Finn says there are plenty of psychoanalytical interpretations of the vampire myth. Most of them to do with lust and fangs and the symbolism of penetrating delicate flesh. Oh, so, <laughs> so it's something, very, something about the neck, you know? Yes, what I mean? the, the neck, neck is being so
1: very sensual, very right. sensual.
0: Right. right. Yeah. Uh, and she says, you know, even in the the early vampire tales in the English language, at least the themes are heavily symbolic and/or moralistic. And women who dare to be openly sexual risk being punished by death, and men who actually know it's it's mostly just women. So, so she talks about how it's, the men never have the same; they're not being punished for being openly yeah, sexual. In right? These stories. Right. Nobody wants to see that. <clears throat> yeah. You just want to. Yeah. Jesus.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and uh and in his article A Vampire in the Mirror the Sexuality of Dracula John Allen Stevenson says that vampire sexuality is in many ways like human sexuality but human sexuality in which the psychological and metaphorical become physical or literal. Whoa. So so again what we're seeing in the vampire stories is what usually is the under undercurrent you know what i mean it's, right. it's like what culture is saying people should do but in the vampire or shouldn't do but the vampire but, is doing it openly
1: yeah and we're and we're and and we're we we want to be the vampire <laughs> right right we, right we want that
0: and we, and you yeah yeah in the in the dracula story you know jonathan and mina have a very reserved proper sexuality
1: you know, which is
0: just like holding hands and and like <laughs> not having premarital sex, uh. But the count and the female vampires all—it's all out there, right? You know, right?
1: Yeah, that's amazing.
0: And and I would say, you know, and in the book, what what is uh terrifying for the the men in the book is that Mina and Lucy are being seduced by it, like they're giving into it. Yes. And they want, they want it. Right, right, right. And I would say even Jonathan Harker in the book also goes there too, but yet he's supposedly can control himself more. And so there's a passage in the book when he's being, when he first encounters those three female witches, he says, all three had brilliant white teeth and shone like pearl that shone like pearls against their ruby of their lips. There was something about them that made me uneasy some longing and at the same time some deadly fear i felt in my heart a wicked burning desire that they would kiss me with those red lips <laughs> So he's, <laughs> he's, 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 he's turned on by it you know what yeah, i mean of course he, yeah. it's porn it's, uh, yeah <laughs>
1: he can't help it
0: right, they, they've right.
1: got a hold on him
0: yeah, they were responsible for it. Yeah, you know, like when Mina falls for it with the count, it's it's, it's Mina's her fault. fault. Yeah, yeah. It's all we. All the women. It's all their yeah. fault. Yeah. <laughs> Whether you're coming or going, right? We're you're gonna can't blame get out you. Of it. You can't get out of it. Uh, and then Jonathan, you know, he it, it, Stevenson says there are several ways to interpret the novel's attitude toward the sexuality these v- v- female vampires project. The first is that Stoker is expressing what have usually been regarded as typical Victorian attitudes about female sexuality. Yeah. So, again, yeah. that's kind of what it was at the time. Women, you were supposed to stay home. You were, If you're having sex, it was to procreate. And But you, at you the weren't same time, be the, it. the beauty of the story is that a
1: male watching it or reading it gets to act out all of his fantasies. You've either got <laughs> women attacking him that he can't help, it's not his yeah. fault, or he's Dracula and is able to do whatever he right. wants.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely set up to be enjoyed more from one, <laughs> one perspective than another perspective. Yeah,
1: I for think. sure.
0: Uh, and, you know, and other theories say that, you know, the violence against women in Dracula most vividly rendered in the staking of Lucy. Remember, they drive a stake through Lucy's heart when she oh, turns she, into a vampire. Jesus uh, reflects a hostility toward female sexuality felt by the culture at large at that time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, again, you know, we have to keep in mind when we, we look at this that, you know, Sigmund Freud's theories about yeah. sexuality have been discredited as far as psychoanalysis goes. I mean yes. not, not many people go to Freud, but yet people still use it to look at artistic criticism, which always <laughs> so, seems <laughs> so crazy.
1: Isn't Jesus. it? Well, I mean it's so interesting that it's broken, it doesn't it's been it's been tossed out and yet we we still use it.
0: Yeah, yeah. And it's perfect for, like, analyzing an artwork, I think. Yeah, You could go in and use for it all the symbolism and metaphor. It's so perfect. But, yeah, just keep in mind that that's not <laughs> – it's not good for – it won't make you better at, like, a your shrink's office, you know, if your shrink starts talking about that. Um, but then, you so, know, in sometimes most a, – Sometimes a wooden stake is just a wooden stake. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> uh, but what, what Stevenson is interesting, too, is he does something uh, – that i didn't see anyone else do and that is stevenson says okay he's not only going to look at dracula from a psychoanalysis standpoint he's going to look at it from an anthropological standpoint here we and, go <laughs> right right here we right go up our alley. that's right yeah. up our alley. you know uh and he says this reconsideration meaning like considering it from an anthropological standpoint can yield a fresh appreciation of of, of the appeal of Stoker's story and suggest ways in which the novel embodies a quite powerful imagining of the nature of cultural and racial differences. Hmm. So what he says, and remember when we did our episode on uh, marriage, and we talked about exogamy and endogamy. Exogamy meaning that you marry and you mate within your group. Or, I mean, exogamy is when you marry... And, and mate outside of your group. So you're right. meeting people outside of your group. And mm-hmm. endogamy is when you mate and marry within your group. Right. backwards. But what Stevenson says is he quotes Robin Fox, and rog- Robin Fox said, he, he was an anthropologist who said, exogamy had some boundaries. Usually, you know, groups speaking the same language and being alike in other ways might well exchange wives among themselves. Mm. But, you know, the boundaries stopped. At uh, you know when it when it came to other languages and other territory or color mm-hmm. and, and that because that became a them and not uh-huh. a us,
1: the foreign
0: right. Mm-hmm. and so Steven says, says, when you think about that reading Dracula, Dracula himself is a foreigner. He yes. is from eastern Europe. he He's strange, he has a strange skin color. he has this horrible accent. Yeah, uh, these strange customs, and he's come to. Not only that, he's come to England,
1: right. and he's
0: trying to seduce the women, the English women, away from their own group. He's sucking <laughs> on on the English culture, <laughs> right, right. Uh-huh. And, and he's and the thing is, he the women are falling for it. That's what's so threatening to mm-hmm. the middle class Englishmen, who are characters in Dracula, is that this foreigner has come here and all of our women want to like have sex with him. Basically. Uh That's so interesting. That is an interesting
1: way of looking at this.
0: Yeah. And uh, Stevenson says, you know, there's a line in the book uh, where the, the, you know, Van Helsing and Harker and all of them trap Dracula and they corner him. And Dracula says, my revenge has just begun. I spread it over centuries and time is on my side. Your girls that you all love are mine already and through them and others shall yet be mine. My creatures to do my bidding and to be my jackals when I want to feed. So Dracula is actually even telling them like, I've seduced your women away and made them mine. Wow. <laughs> so, so then it becomes this whole, this whole story about miscegenation, you know, or like even in Deuteronomy, I guess there's a, a in Deuteronomy, it says that, like, you know, Jewish people shouldn't marry outside of, you know, Judaism because they'll take away your – your sons will turn to another faith or something like that. Yes, is what it right. Is. And I think they were talking about the
1: Canaanites, those badass Canaanites.
0: Yeah, yeah. And and that's where – what he's talking about when you look at Dracula that way, it becomes this a story that the vampire – is seducing people away from their culture yes. <laughs> yes.
1: so, Yeah. sucking the blood right out of being an American.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and that's kind of like when, when people talk about now of like, you know, immigrants coming to this kind Oh, they're taking away. They're, they're taking our blood. They're taking, and yes. it, the, then it's like the blood and the semen, you know, that, that is in, you know, a vampire story becomes like this whole other po- potent symbolism for people because or a metaphor of like oh my god they they're actually they're afraid they're afraid of the vampire.
1: Meanwhile, um, Brahms Brahm is probably uh, t- writing it in a way to uh, he's just looking for things that. Like you said, he was a theater guy. Yeah. He's just yeah. looking for things to turn our, to, to push our buttons, you know? Right. So right. making, making him a foreigner makes it even scarier and weirder. And, and, yeah, you yeah. know, it's amazing.
0: Yeah. Uh, and, and there's a, a scene in the book and it, it, they do it in the the movie too, but there it's when Mina finally succumbs to the count and she willingly, she wants to go with the count. Yeah and the count he takes his fingernail and he cuts open his his chest uh-huh. and blood starts to come out and he he like wants her to drink from from his chest and it's a very sexual scene and a lot of people have said that it, it seems like fellatio really is what uh-huh. what, what uh-huh. critics have said and uh and w- and in Coppola's movie if you see that scene it's almost it's it's shot as if it's fellatio (laughs) yes yes it is yeah so it's this combination of her giving in to the foreignness but also doing something very unnatural sexually for a Uh victorian a a proper victorian woman at that time Uh but something that that all the men that are reading the book are going oh my god yeah yeah yeah. i wish i were dracula i know i know and and in the book you know uh Mina's right, it's told from her perspective. And she said that the count said to her, When my brain says come to you, you shall cross land or sea to do my bidding, and to that end, this. And with that, he she says he pulled open his shirt, and with his long sharp nails opened a vein in his breast. When the blood began to spurt out, he took my hands in one of his, holding them tight, and with the other seized my neck and pressed my mouth to the wound so that I must either suffocate or swallow some of the, oh my God, what have I done? (laughs) it's, It's very, very sexual, but it's this combination of bodily fluids being mixed with like, you know, you're, you're betraying your culture
1: as well boy stoker really he was on. he really he knew he had money in the bank on this one <laughs> i know
0: i know it like you getting, read some of those scenes and you're just like oh my god that's so hot that's so yeah. uh so then john just to start to begin to wrap up with you know is there any rational medical explanation for reported cases of vampirism in the in the past hmm. and and Mark we Collins. Mark Collins Jenkins, in his book *Vampire Forensics: Uncovering the Origins of an Enduring Legend*, says that there have been a few medical explanations that have been put out for uh, reported vampires when people have okay. actually thought that there have been vampires. Okay. And one of them is rabies. And that's great. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Rabies, because you get and- bit, you get you get the disease. There's yeah. nothing you can do about it, and the early stages of having rabies isn't there sexual, yeah, uh, side effects. Yeah, like yeah, you get, you get highly sexually so, sexualized.
0: Yeah, it uh, stimulates the uh, the neurological system, and <laughs> oh, therefore you. Yeah. Oh, my God. And not to mention, uh, there was a guy, Juan Gomez Alonso, who was a neurologist in, in Vigo, Spain, who published an article in 1998 where he was making the article that it was rabies. And he said, yeah, you, you know, you, you get aggressive at first. You want to bite other people uh and Jesus. again you get erections you get around <laughs> wow. with it and not only that think about like what animals carry rabies a lot and they're wolves and bats yes. which are associated with vampires wow. you know? i love it yeah. uh, and then uh, you know G- gomez alonzo he also makes the um an observation he went back and looked at the historical record And he saw that um, in the 1700s, when there were um, outbreaks of vampirism or vampire epidemics in Europe, they usually came on the heels of being rabies epidemics. Wait a minute. There were outbreaks of (laughs) vampirism? People would just start drinking blood? No, no. What happened is people... There was a famous case in Serbia uh, back in like the 1720s, I think it was. And there was a guy who died. His name was Arnold Paul. And before he had died, he had mentioned to some people at the time that, you know, years ago I had been bothered by a vampire. So yeah. And he goes, I got away from it. So anyway, Arnold Paul, Paul dies from a fall from a wagon. And after that, people in this one village in Serbia started dying. Like 13 to 16 people died. And, and so people were trying to think of like, why, why is everybody? It has to be Arnold Ball. <laughs> Remember, he talked about that vampire. He must have been a vampire, or now he's a vampire. Oh. So they dug him up. And when they dug him up, they realized he hadn't, his body hadn't decomposed. Ooh. And so that's what that's when people started saying he's definitely a vampire, and so then when they drove a stake through his heart, he they the report was he made a he made like a groan when they well wow. don't your lungs fill up with air? <laughs> I mean, yeah. Dead bodies yeah.
1: make all kinds of noises.
0: Yeah, yeah, oh. and also they and they said he was like bleeding, which you know it's like of course like when you're. Uh, your your body starts to decompose. There's going to be like fluids and things. In it. Oh, but, Arnold. but that. But the Austria, the government in Vienna sent like some doctors down there to look at it, and the doctors, you know they they thought it was like splenic fever. They, you know, obviously they didn't think it was a vampire, but all the locals thought it was a vampire, and and so what they did is they gave permission for people, you know, yeah, if you want to dig them up. <laughs> cut their heads off and burn them by all means go ahead you know what i mean so yeah so they did that to all of the
1: people that he killed that died yeah. they went and, and they went and dug them all up and chopped off
0: all of their heads right the people who jesus had, yeah
1: ironically oh though it
0: was it was the people who uh were part of the military they didn't do that too <laughs> so, so so, you could tell that they were already just like oh let them do whatever they want they're going to think that it's a vampire but anyway when, when they it's called the Fluckinger report <laughs> F-L-U-C-K-I-N-G-E-R Fluckinger yeah when the Fluckinger report came out you know they basically were saying yeah you know this is what people said was happening so we let them go on and dig up these bodies and deca- decapitate them and burn them and But people took like, well, this is a military doctor writing this report. It must be true. You know what Uh I mean? So so people, Fluckinger's report became like the ground zero for vampire uh, outbreaks and vampire epidemics in Europe. And people (sighs) thought Fluckinger was actually saying that, yeah, vampires do exist. But really, Fluckinger was just kind of saying like, oh, these people. Yeah, you know, just let them do it, just so they'll calm down. Yeah. Um, wow. Anyway, yeah. yeah. And so then there there would just be reports of
1: vampires throughout. Right. From right. then on, you just have little pockets of people saying, "There's a vampire." That these people died because of a vampire.
0: Yeah, and it, and it's almost always, uh, you know, it's it's based on the what the body looked like when they mm-hmm. when they dug up the body. And uh there's a folklorist named Paul Barber who wrote a, a book in 1988 called Vampires Burial and Death. And 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 Barber basically says nearly all traits associated with a folkloric vampire originated in misunderstandings about decaying bodies. Uh-huh. And, yeah. and that's what he's saying, you know, like people, they they okay, all of our uh, people are dying. We can't figure out why they're dying. We better dig up so-and-so's body and let's look and see if if, if he's a vampire. And, and one of the ways, you know, they'd look at it and they say, okay, well, you haven't, his body's not decomposed. He's got to be a vampire. Or they would say, hey, his body looks fresh or he's put on weight. <laughs> he's, obviously oh. feedin- he's obviously feeding, you know. And pretending to be dead right now. Right, right. Or his fingernails had grown, or there was lack of rigor mortis. Um, mm. And all of these things were used to say that somebody was a vampire. And what Barber's saying is that all of these can be explained by natural processes that happen when the body decomposes.
1: Yeah, because uh, fingernails keep growing for a little while after you die, right?
0: Well, they, fingernails are dead tissue. But what happens is the body begins to dry out, and the skin receives from the fingernail. So it looks like it, th- so it
1: looks longer. Yeah, I see.
0: Yeah. And the other thing people said, you know, uh, well, the body's preserved and, and people have looked at, well, when was the body buried? So if you were buried in winter, then obviously you would be frozen and you wouldn't decay as much as if you had died during the summer, for example. Wow. Um, the other thing about like putting on weight, it's like bodies swell when they decompose. Yeah. Um, and then uh one of the things, you know, lack of rigor mortis. They say usually rigor mortis starts right after somebody dies, but then after 40 hours or so, it 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 goes away. It dissipates. So, Interesting. Yeah. yeah. And you then get like you again. <laughs> right. So people would open up the grave, you know, weeks later and be like, look, he's not stiff anymore. He's obviously yeah. been out moving around. Um and then you you know the body as it decomposes it fills up with gas like you mentioned so that if you drive a stake through it it's going to force that gas through the voice box and make it sound oh. like somebody's groaning as if they're they're alive. Oh you
1: know? god. Oh. <laughs> so scary and gross.
0: Yeah, and finally the grossest thing is uh there's something called purge fluid Uh-oh. which is when your your in, uh, internal organs begin to liquefy. Oh and it just it turns into this dark reddish uh fluid which begins to seep out of the the mouth and the nose. Oh, so it yeah. looks like there's blood. Oh Rock, god. So it looks like people have been out, you know, as a vampire going out at night and feasting on blood or whatever. Oh. So again, Barber says that all of those things that people thought were you know, signs of vampires are actually just misunderstandings of Natural processes, that happen except the for bottom. the one that's real. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's always that one. <laughs> Better, there's always that one percent. There's always that <laughs> one percent. Better
1: so, John, be safe I mean, than sorry. <laughs> yeah. When in doubt, shove a stake through their heart and cut their head off. <laughs> yeah, <it's> just... <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> uh.
0: So anyway, I you know, in conclusion, I guess I would say you know, yeah, I don't think vampires exist in in reality in the physical world although there is something called clinical uh, vampirism or Renfield syndrome which is like people have the urge to drink human blood <laughs> but um, but I think yeah. they certainly exist subconsciously or in, in literature they exist and also in uh, psychology or in cultural culture it's such culture, a great it, it's such a great little foil to
1: uh open up certain aspects of of who we are as humans yeah Yeah. uh through story you know and 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 that's really interesting yeah why it touches us
0: yeah i i don't know and it's still i think there we've talked about it we you know the jealousy or like wanting to have that power um Do you think you, <laughs> if you could be become a vampire, hypothetically, do you think you would become a vampire?
1: Well, hell no. I, do, <laughs> I don't want to. It's the the living forever thing is the thing that scares yeah. the hell out of me. It just seems yeah. so lonely. Jesus. Just yeah. to make friends, watch them all die, and then make new friends, watch all of them die. It just seems like horrible.
0: Yeah, I—I yeah. I mean, to me too. It's like I couldn't deal with the guilt. Like you'd have to feed off other people. Oh yeah, and, and there's like, that too. <laughs> god, I, I did not even consider that part. <laughs> I mean, it's like, like all Oof. the things, all the guilt and disappointment, and like always remembering things. It's like that's like recovery, you know? What I mean? Oh <laughs> yeah, like, it is. Be like like oh my god, forever. yeah. Oh God, you're right. Yeah. Um. <laughs> uh, it's interesting. Voltaire said, you know, he was talking, Voltaire wrote about vampires as well, because he was writing in the 1700s after that, that outbreak in Serbia. So Voltaire was saying, you know, we never heard a word of vampires in London or even in Paris. I confess that in both these cities, there were stock jobbers, brokers and men of business, meaning that, businessmen. Yes. Suck the blood of the people in broad daylight, yeah. but they were not dead, though corrupted. These true suckers live not in cemeteries, but in very agreeable palaces. And I think that's
1: great. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. What about the theater of the vampire in France. What about that? Is it, where does that fit into all of this? I don't know. I've, I've never. What are you talking about? The theater of the vampire. Oh God! Isn't there a vampire? Uh, uh, okay. Well, we'll. Uh, I'll offline. I'll. I'll, I'll check okay. into it. I'll post. You mean it. like
0: Grand You know they yes. do this yes. Grand Guignon, which is yes. like very bloody theater in in France was popular. Yes, and they, they were kind of like horror stories before films and. Uh, and before
1: tv yeah amazing i would have loved to have seen some of that man yeah it's like splatter yeah. theater in chicago i remember I would that love to- remember that show that was great
0: yeah no i think it would be such a fun show it's such a to be in the live audience for that and have like stuff flying off the stage Ugh. yeah i'd i'd love to do a production like
1: that yeah it'd so. be crazy guar i think uh, that rock band guar yeah. they do a lot of re- blood and it's crazy
0: yeah so I guess just final thoughts. I'd say, yeah, we, <laughs> we we do have vampires amongst us, but they're they're not Nosferatu's. They're they're called assholes.
1: Yeah, <laughs> no,
0: they're, they're called narcissists. Yeah.
1: You and know. you can kill them by driving a stake through their heart, but you're going to go to jail.
0: <laughs> yeah, unfortunately,
1: they control everything. There. Oh, they're They'll out They'll suck the there. life out. They'll suck yeah. the life
0: out. You and destroy your life. <laughs> They're suckers. Your, they'll take your <laughs>
1: girlfriend away. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, John. Well, this has been enjoyable. I, yes, uh, yes. This is uh human number two signing off. And this is human number one. Thank you so much for joining us. If you enjoyed this podcast and found it interesting, please tell a friend about it. And also always remember, you know, send us some vampires that we forgot. You yes. can send those and we'll post those. And also, if you have a topic that you think uh, people should know about and you want us to take a look at, then please send that along. Right on. All right.
1: All right. Love you, guys. Got to get back in our coffins.
0: (laughs) Sun's coming up. That's right. (laughs) Thanks a lot, John. Love you. Love you, guys. Thanks for listening.
1: Love you. Bye.